it's going to freak a lot of people out when they get to heaven and they got their own mansion. And they say, oh, I didn't deserve this. No, we didn't. We don't deserve that. But, oh, God's going to take care of all that for us. Just like those four young men, young men, and singing like they did. That's amazing in today's society. Up there with the piano, singing about God, and it's getting better and better. Just gets better and better. Now, here I am. So, turn in your Bible to Proverbs 3. 3 and 5, we can talk about a subject that you know quite a bit about. None of these subjects that I talk about, I take lightly. Proverbs 3. 3 and verse 5, very familiar verse. We'll read through verse 7. It says that trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not on thy own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. This uh, title of my message this morning is, Lean Not on Thy Own Understanding. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you this morning, I think about our understanding, our own will, our own ways, our own want. And Father, how it's corrupted. Father, and you said, be not wise in thine own eyes. Father, the, the truth of the matter, the only thing we really got truth in this, word, this world is the Word of God. Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit and uh, the wisdom of the Word and the Lord Jesus Christ that made, made this possible. And God the Father that oversees it all. Lord, uh, I don't thoroughly understand it standing here, but boy, I accept it. Whosoever will, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I pray today, this isn't a salvation message, but those who are struggling with their relationship with God, without that relationship with God, they will be void of understanding. So be with us today and get what you want. Uh, Father, I prayed about everything under the sun till this moment. And Father, now I'm going to pray for the Son and that he sets us free. So thank you, God, for today and all that you have done, all that you're doing today. And as the song says, all you're going to do for us in the future. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Turning your Bibles to Matthew 12. We'll go there eventually. Today I want to talk about our understanding. What to do, oh, our understanding, I jumped ahead of my notes here, our understanding, how do we understand information that is presented to us, good and bad. Me and my wife, we ministered to youth for 25 years, and sometimes if you think my messages are on the light side, there's a reason for it. But a lot of times we'd minister to youth and we'd spend hours and days at camp with them. And a lot of times they would just break down and, and this one girl would just say, I just don't understand. Well, their mind's changing, their body's changing, their situation, their home's changing. They're, they're, they're told they have to become an adult. And they just break down because they don't understand. It's a, a very confusing time for teens. Most of the time we get advice from their, and here's the bad thing, this isn't about teens, but the bad thing about teens, you need to have sympathy for them because a lot of the wisdom they get is from their dumb friends. So just remember that when you're talking to your teen. As we mature, though, in knowledge and wisdom and in truth, we become a threat to the devil. We have the ability, though through God's word, to do good. So he will throw Christians a curveball in various sources. 
And I want to talk about the curveball today. And this curveball is he throws us lives. I always remember this. Eve fell over a lie in a perfect environment, and we do not have a perfect environment. So what do you do when you're caught up in a lie? The best thing to do is ignore it. But due to relationships, alliances, families, friendships, co-workers, church members, we have a weak spot. We're loyal to someone or something. The Bible says, be not wise in thine own eyes. God says in Psalms, he says in 116, he says, I said unto thee, haste, all men are liars. And I'm not calling anybody a liar here, God is. He said all men are liars. That's what the Bible says about us. Lies are a product to avoid the truth or to run from punishment from mankind. And here we are at Matthew 12, 36. Matthew 12, 36. It says, But I say unto you that every idle word that men speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. The thing you really got to look at, those are red letters. <laughs> and there is a judgment seat of Christ. It says every idle word. Well, I didn't mean it. I get it. A lot of times I don't mean it either. We get nothing from lies other than a short reprieve from man and the truth. Fifty years ago when we were raised, I know people go to these stories, when we had bicycles and dial phones and TV went off at 1130 at night, Star Spangled Banner. That's why all these old people are patriotic, because every night you've got to see the Star Spangled Banner, 1130. TV should not be on all night. Nothing goes on at night any good. But I grew up in the lowest life form. We were lost. We were just awful people. But you know the one thing that we really held high that lost people don't do is lie. And you say, oh, that was your concept. No, it was the truth. Because today, in most situations, people resort to uh, a lie. And so much so, I'll tell you a story. 14 years ago, they're not here no more, and I don't tell stories about people in counseling, but I can because it's been 14 years and they're not here. Well, this girl was in the institute and not doing good things. Let's just say that. And I found out from many sources of what good things she was not doing. So I called her and her mom in because her dad was absent. And I went for the whole hour trying to get her to confess so we can fix it, so we can get on with it. You can repent and you can, you'll be okay and you stay in church and let's just get this fixed because the, the bad things she was doing could not go on any further and was multiple people. And the mother was looking at me like, Brother Doty, you're being too harsh on my daughter. Well, the sad part is I knew the truth and I was trying to get her to come out with it and, and I used every tool in my toolbox. Oh my goodness, brought out everything. She still was, uh, I didn't do any of those things. Well, the sad part is, after about an hour, I had to tell the mom, well, here's the truth. And I had to embarrass the mother. And the mother was like, oh, I can't believe she did that. And I said, I just have to fix this. It's my job. And the truth shall set you free, and you shall be free indeed. So when I explained it to her, the mom just couldn't believe her daughter did that. So we got all the way through it. 
and got on with the subject at hand and, and, and to reconciliation and repentance and get on with your life. Because young people make mistakes and so do adults. But um, that was tough. That was tough on that mom. Because she was taking her daughter's side for the whole hour. Not only at the end, but to feel extremely foolish. And let me say this. <laughs> Teenagers lie. <laughs> oh, Lord. Teenagers are good liars. They make you think you're telling you the truth. And they go on these big stories. They're just a bunch of liars. Not my son. Oh, man. I've heard it. Oh, my kids don't lie. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I lie. I've lied before. The Bible says, And the Son thereof shall make you free, and you shall be free indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Go ahead and turn your Bibles to John 8. We're going to talk about this, this subject. You say, why are you talking about this subject? And you'll see here in a minute. This is a subject that people do. Jumping ahead of myself, you ever tell a little white lie? Well, it was just a little white lie. Come on. What's so bad about a little white lie? Or here's the big one. I'm going through the, the tunnel. I can't hear you. My wife goes, there are no tunnels, Kendall. <laughs> well, they are in the movies. <laughs> little white lies. But in John 8, 44, it says this. You are the, fa you are the father of the devil, and the lust there of your father you shall do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. Because there is no truth in him, when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. See, the lies are his own, and he invented the lie. For he is a liar and the father of it. God created man in the earth and was good, good, good. And he created man. He said, I created all these things, and it's very good. Well, created, Satan created lies that are very bad. Lies go against the truth. Oh, we got the truth. Yes, we do. We do have the truth. But for some reason, the truth has been declassified for self-defense. Christians go down, won't go down the road of drugs, usually. Won't go down the road to vices. Won't be lawbreakers or manslayers or civil unrest. Christians are good people, good Americans, productive people, generally just a joy to be around. But sadly, the thing Christians can do is lie. The little white lie. Or I'm just going to lie because I can get out of this. Maybe to, to avoid embarrassment. I get it. Who, do, who likes to be embarrassed? Not me. So instead of embarrassing myself, I'll just lie. Okay. Or maybe to stick up for so-called friends because of your allegiance and your loyalty to your friend, I'll just lie to stick up for them, not knowing the truth. Or maybe to get out of doing something. My kids are perfect at that. Lie to get out of something. You don't have to build a space shuttle. What are you talking about? Come all the lawn. Oh, it's funny how you want your kids to do work, when they, and that's a good time to say, well, we have homework, Dad. <laughs> we have homework. Or maybe just caught in sin. And I reckon it's a lie unto this, and you say, why are you talking about lies to a body of believers? Because you're all liars. 
to some sort. It's our, you can use it as a superpower if you want, but it's not a superpower. It's the devil's superpower. The truth is God's superpower. A lie is like a riptide. It carries you away, but it's invisible. The Bible says, you stay safe with the Lord, your Father. It's closer you get to Him, but the further you get away from Him, you are vulnerable. You, are, you can get to a point where you can get in trouble. A riptide, a riptide pulls eight miles an hour. And I've talked to um, Jason and Laura and uh, the guys over in Hawaii. And they go, we've all been in a riptide. And I think Laura said, I thought we were going to die. Because what it does, for example, I'm supposed to be right there. A riptide takes even a heavy guy and takes you out eight miles an hour. And it takes you so far out. It takes you so far out, takes you further and further. And so one day it will release you. And so it says that you're supposed to swim parallel to the beach. Swimming parallel to the beach, swimming parallel to the beach, and let's go of you so you can do that because in fat guys in salt water float forever. Tell me, I know. But, okay. <laughs> but you skinny guys go down. That's all I got to talk about. So if you want to stay in the ocean, hang around a fat guy. Unless a shark comes, then he's going to get the fat guy. And so then you swim back to the, because you didn't lose sight of the, of the beach or the, or the pulpit or God, and you swim safely back. You swim safely back and you come to shore and you are safe because you didn't panic and you didn't fight the riptide. Oh, 100 people a year die in riptides. You know why? They fight it. They fight it. It's against your instinct. And that's what will happen if you don't, if you fight a lie, and you get caught up in a lie, and you just want to just deal with the lie and live with it and produce it and make it and manufacture it. But when you come back to the Lord, to a safe area where you belong, where you belong, keep your eyes on the shore, keep your eyes on the Lord. A lie will kill you spiritually. If you fight it, it will use you. It will destroy you. I think, and here's why I say that. I've been here 43 years, guys. I was here and I was at the Grange. I've been here 43 years. I don't know anything else. And I have seen lies destroy marriages. I've just seen them destroy families. I've seen them destroy friendships. I've destroyed, see, it's destroyed ministries. Because people just get so bullheaded and prideful that they won't release the lie, find out the truth, and set yourself free. They'll go down with the lie for what reason? Well, they're my friend. Well, your friend's a liar. Yeah. Faithful what? Are the friends who lie for your friends? Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. And that's hard because we're all Christians. It's hard to say, bro, that's a lie. Well, why do you think that's a lie? Well, okay, you put your friendship on hold or on to get through that. And the Son, therefore, shall make you free, and you shall be free indeed. Be not wise in thine own eyes, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Revelation 21.8. Please turn in your Bibles to Revelation 21.8. Revelation 21.8. And you say, well, brother, are you saying this message because there's something you know? Ha! Huh. 
when you bury a preacher, you bury a thousand stories and secrets. Something you know. Why don't you go sit in that office for 14 years or whatever, or 20 years? See how you do. You would come home to your wife. What's wrong? You can't tell her. What's wrong? Society. <laughs> People lie. Oh, my gosh. They lie? Oh, you're kidding me. The good thing, honestly, God gives us kids to beat us up a bunch to realize <laughs> your own flesh does that. So when your guys, kids are having a tough time with life, cut them some slack because they're like you. In Revelation 21.8, it says, But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. I'm talking about the great white throne judgment, not the judgment seat of Christ. The best way to fight a lie is divorce yourself from it. Ignore it. Don't let it get a hold of you. Because remember, it's going to take you away from where you should be and what you should be doing. I'm going to read these for the sake of time. It says in James, But the tongue can no man tame. It is unruly, evil, full of deadly poisons. And the tongue is a fire which is iniquity. So the tongue among many members, it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. I'm telling you right now, the tongue and lies are of the devil. It's fleshy. It's, it's, it's just what it is. And you have to realize it's real. I mean, I lived in my candy-coated land when I first got married. I, didn't, I first got saved. Me and my wife didn't think Christians sinned. <laughs> we thought once you become a Christian, you don't sin. And we started sinning. Well, we, we must not be saved. So me and my wife got saved like 400 times. We did. We sinned again. We got resaved. We sinned again. We got resaved. That's why I know we're saved. We've got saved in every road in Meridian. Because we just, nobody taught us about eternal security. We just got saved and got saved and got saved and got saved. Turn your Bibles to 1 Peter 4, 15. And a thing that segues into this subject. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm talking about this subject because, to be honest with you guys, we get caught up in this stuff. Pastors get caught up with this. Sunday school teachers get caught up with this. I had one teacher call me and he says, hey, these people have marital problems. What should I do? And I said, how well you know them? Know them pretty dang well. Are they in your class? Yes. I said, he goes, you think I should give marriage counseling? I said, absolutely. You know them better than me. You're a, you have family, a ministry, a kids, you're, you're a business guy. You know a lot of stuff. Well, you marriage counsel them. And we have no problem doing that. If you have a problem, come see us. Oh, come see a guy that has, we'll talk about this tonight, a guy that's done everything wrong. If you want to hear about someone who's done everything wrong, that's what we're talking about tonight. And if you're married, you should be here. God showed me something I didn't understand. Showed me something. It took me 43 years to understand this. 1 Peter 4.15. 1 Peter 4.15, it says this. But none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief, or as an evildoer, but are as busybody in other men's matters. Again, for the demonstration. I'm supposed to be up here preaching to you, but here's the problem. When I get to being a busybody in other men's matters, now, 
If they ask you to help, then help them. But I get busy in other man's matters. I come over here. I'm hanging out with Travis in the second row. Hey, Travis. Because I got all busy. Because <laughs> Travis and Linda, because Linda worked me for nine years, so I know everything you know about Linda. And Travis and Linda, I'm all, I should be there. But no, where am I at? I'm in the congregation doing something I'm not supposed to do. Because I got all caught up in other men's matters. Quit worrying about what everybody else is doing. Some people are so upset and can't live with life and there's no joy. And I'm what's wrong? Well, they're telling me what he's doing, she's doing, he's doing. And they forget what they're doing. Isn't life too short? Worry about what you're doing and what you're doing and, and your kids and your wife and your ministry and your pastor and your church. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. The cold does bother me anyway, by the way. So I was in Florida for 21 days. Yeah, it does bother me. But let it go. Please. Defiles the whole body. You know, there was someone said, my stepdad said this to me many years ago. Good guy. He said, Kendall, mind your own business. He's right. Mind your own business. Because there's always another way. And I got a little example here. Let you out early. Man, you're going to be happy. He lets us out early. <laughs> yes. Turn your Bibles to Matthew 2. Matthew 2. Yeah. All right, not much left. Matthew 2.12. Matthew 2.12. And these guys were wise men. W wise men. Okay? So let's start with that. These were the wise men. Matthew 2.12, and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they should depart another way in their own country. Let me tell you, every time you get caught up in something you shouldn't be, there is another way out. I promise you. First of all, call and say you're sorry, or get right with God where you're at. But here, look at Matthew 2.7. Matthew 2, 7, and Herod, when Herod, he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem, and they should go and search out diligently for the young child. When he, they found him, when, he, when they found him, he, bring me a word again that I may come and worship him. See, he lied to the wise men, and he's the king, but see, God intervened. God intervened and said, hey, don't you go that way home. Go another way. He's bad. But the sad part is, here's the sad part about lies. And because I worked with teenagers for 25 years, I've heard it all. I've heard, once sometimes a teenager tell me a lie, and I say, man, that is the best lie I've ever heard. <laughs> that is good. I'm going to write that down. Because I've never heard that one before. Because they're sharp. But the sad part is, look at Matthew 2.16. Matthew 2.16. And when Herod saw that he was mocked of the wise men, he was exceedingly wroth, sent forth and slew all the children in Bethlehem that were in the coast, there of two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently required of the wise men. Folks, here's, here, here's the sad part. When there's a lie out there floating around, even in the church... An innocent person 
pays the price. An innocent person pays the price, folks. That's why I'm going to endure you, or whatever the words are, when you hear of a lie and you know it a lie, and you have the power to stamp it out, stamp it out with grace, wisdom, and charity. Because it's going to hurt some innocent party. And if we're not men and women who protect people around us, then what, what are we? What is our job? Our job is to protect the innocent. Serve the Savior. See soul saved. Edify the saints. But the one thing Satan loves to use in a church, in, any, oh, and in a family, are lives. And the sad part is, we get drawn into them because of our friendships and our love and our kind. And, and, and it's hard to say that's a lie because you don't think it is at the moment. You're listening to someone you love or like. It says here, For we hear that there are some who walk among you who are disorderly, working not, but are as busybodies. Titus is text, and here's where it is. And wherewithal you learn and every idol wandering about from house to house, not only idle words, but tattlers of those busybodies speaking things that they ought not to. And then I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. That's why I'm not online, because I would say something wrong and make somebody mad. When you see somebody online that's just cutting your pastor down because he's old, cutting me down because I'm fat, cutting whoever down because of whatever, you don't have to get on there and save justice. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. You get caught. What all those people do is sit and cast to get you caught, to catch you, to catch you, and to catch you. So you'll come and throw pearls to the swine. That's not a fool to his folly. You get caught and wrapped up in that nonsense. When you could be loving your wife, being with your kids, or reading your Bible, or just being a couch potato. Couch potato is better than online, I'm telling you right now. They don't only are they're hurting themselves and that two bags of chips they're pounding down. <laughs> or three. Or whatever. That's why there's no cameras in our house. Be careful of online and other people and what they say and what they say about you. If you don't have anything spiritual to say, don't say it. Other men's matters. You don't belong there, folks, and neither do I. And now, but here's the deal. If they invite you into that program, well, that's different. Then you are to be, have a confidence of their matter instead of saying, hey, so-and-so invited me into their problem, but i got to tell three of my best friends. Well, then the whole church knows. You don't tell nobody. It's in confidence. Just like if you told somebody, you want somebody running, telling about your problems. Hey, man, brother, God bless you. Lies. And the reason why I brought this up today, and we are going to get extremely early, is this. I've seen it hurt so many people. And I can't. My wife says sometimes, why can't you just leave it alone, Kendall? So I do. Then here come my kids. Dad, is that true? No, it's not true. People will lie about you and me. And let me just say this to you. What's God say to do? Here's what I do. Those people who don't like me, I pray for them first thing every morning. So, if you don't like me, you're in my prayer list. <laughs> it's true. I've been praying for them. 
and it's been giving me a peace, it passes all understanding. Because if you can pray for someone that unjustly, and I understand why some people don't like me, I get that. But I, and some people who don't like me, who spread rumors, who don't, I get that sort of. But after a while, wouldn't you get tired? Find somebody else not to like. Right? It's a big world. Go like somebody else. But I put them on my prayer list and I pray for them. And I pray for their marriages and I pray for their kids. And I pray for God to work in their lives. And it gave me a peace. Matter of fact, here's the peace it gave me. God has answered two of my prayer requests. Remember when God talked about praying in your closet and God will reward you openly? It's true. God gave me two prayer requests recently answered that I've been praying for a long time. And I think it's because one day I realized, Lord, I loved those people who hated me. And all I got is my stories. I can't bring you into it. I love those people who hated me, and I still love them. And here's the clincher. They, God loves them as much as he loves us. Does he not? So what are we to do? Pray for him. Love them. I've seen a guy who used to go to church here. You all said a name. You all know him. His dad and mom go here. I've seen him again. Big hug. He's a big guy. I stand on my tippy toes to hug him. Yeah, in front of everybody. You know why? I love him. Be careful. Be careful. Surrender to wisdom and God's wisdom. Surrender your prayer life. And when a lie comes floating towards your program or your family or your ministry, don't take vengeance. Do what God said to do. Lift him up in prayer. Let God deal with it. Because the fact of the matter is, all men are liars, right? Even the little white lies. You know, God's been extremely good to this church and this body. He's been extremely good to you and me. And I'm telling you right now, we need to have the right attitude towards the brethren. Because if you were in a foxhole with someone in a war, you wouldn't matter what he believed. Well, this is the foxhole. And the war is, hey, let me tell you something. The war is out there. Not in here. Okay? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. I thank you, Father, for the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you for Calvary. I thank you, Father, for men and women you brought into my life. I, I think of the Kastners right off the top when I first started the youth years ago. I thought the Kastners done no wrong. We, <laughs> Bob and Debbie were the most spiritual people I ever met. God, there's been men and women in my life in this church who've set an example. Some of them are gone. Some of them have led a life of nothing but just integrity. But God, today as we heard about lies and rumors and people who talk about lies, help us to put a stamp on that and not lie. And God, if we have a lie that we're possessing or dealing with, my Lord, God, give our cares upon you because you care for us. Let us give the lies all to you, Father. Because they're of the they're of the devil. They are not of Christians. Thank you again, God, for your book, your word, your truth, your Holy Spirit. Thank you for Father, men and women in my life and this church have made a huge difference in my life. What a wonderful Savior. 
And God, I Father, pray for our pastors. He's away. For I texted him this morning. I told him, have a, have a good vacation. Have a peaceful vacation. And God, give him that. Give him and Carol a time of love and relaxation. And Father, bring him home safely. Thank you again for today and all that you've done, all that you're doing today, and all that you will do in the future. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, let's stand up. Let's turn to 253. 253. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. 253. Oh, so. Father God, we thank you for what we heard in your house today. 
And Lord, I just pray in a world of lies, Lord, let us help free souls with the one truth, that you are the truth, the way, the truth, the life, and no man comes to the Father but by you. Lord, I thank you for the, the, our church, and Lord, let us hold fast to the truth, and let us proclaim the truth. And Lord, I pray that you bring us back safely here tonight, in Jesus' precious name, amen.